0: it's Callie and you're listening to the 50th episode of the Hippie Haven podcast. Today we are celebrating the 1 year anniversary of being on air. So, I'm doing kind of a special episode today. No guest or interview like normal. I'm just going to be doing um, a Q&A answering questions that you guys have asked me recently on Instagram. If this is your first time ever listening to the Hippie Haven podcast, pause this episode and go start with a different one. So there are so many, there's 49 plus the bonus episodes. So there's over 50 episodes for you to go back and listen to, find something that interests you, work your way through, come back to this one later on. But if you've been a Hippie Haven podcast listener for a while, stick around. If you want to, thank you guys for listening, for supporting, you know, I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for you guys continuing to listen, and I, oh my god, I'm just amazed by how well the podcast has done in the last year when I started it, I mean, when I decided to do it back in like May or June of 2018, and then actually got started in August, you know, I was hopeful that like maybe a hundred people would listen (laughs) every episode and you know the very first episode I think got over a thousand listens and now we're up to well over three thousand dedicated people who listen to every single episode um you know plus a couple thousand more who listen sporadically to episodes here and there and I think um last time I counted which was like six months ago Uh, The Hippie Heaven podcast had been listened to in over 60 countries, so I'm sure it's way more than that now. Um, It's just incredible. It's seriously amazing. It's blown my mind, way exceeded any of my wildest dreams. So thank you guys for being a part of this. Um, I love doing this podcast. It's so much fun. I've learned so much from this. Like, I'm learning right alongside you guys with every single guest that comes on sharing all of their knowledge and expertise. It's amazing. So, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I try to say thank you every single episode and I want you to know that I really do mean it. Um, yeah, so I will get started with some of these questions and, um, since we're on the topic of the podcast, I'll start with the two questions that I got about the podcast. Um, the first one is why did I start it? And, um, so like I said, I started thinking about doing a podcast back in like May or June of last year. And it's because I was getting into podcasting really heavily myself and not to like crush on the few like zero waste podcasts that were already out there at the time but I just felt like there was nothing that fit me you know the the little bit that was already out there was just very beginner level it was just very repetitive and just talked about things that I felt just weren't relevant or weren't impactful enough and so I I was looking for a podcast that would grow with me As I was moving through my sustainability journey, I wanted to have something that covered everything from beginner to really advanced topics um, and just didn't repeat the same things over and over. I wanted a variety and that wasn't available on the market. So me being me, I decided to create it. And I hope that that has been what it's been for you guys. I hope that no matter where you are in your sustainability journey, that you've been able to find something here on the podcast for you and that you've been able to grow. I think it's so important. I say this in every speech and every workshop that I do, you know, what we're doing in our homes and our day-to-day lives is of course, incredibly important, but what's way more important is that we move beyond that and get involved in our communities. And that can look like so many different ways. Um, but we have to look outside of our own lives because climate change, the climate crisis is affecting the entire planet. And I believe that I believe that we can make a difference together. And I believe that the only way we have even the tiniest chance against the climate crisis is only if we all come together and make substantial change. Um, you know, at the individual level, at a corporate- corporation level, at a political government level. We have to take massive steps uh, to, you know, not to save the planet, I do use that verbiage a lot, but realistically, like, the Earth has been through at least five mass extinctions that we know of. Like, the Earth will be fine, the Earth will bounce back from the damage that we're causing, the more realistic phrase to use is to save our own asses, to save mankind. So if we want to live beyond the current estimates of 2050, which y'all, that's 30 years away, I want to live longer than 56. I definitely want to live longer than 56. That'd be nice. And I don't want to live longer than 56, like not being able to walk outside without a special breathing mask and like You know, in a world where there's not bees and penguins and pretty green plants and that kind of thing. So, that's why I started the podcast. I want us to come together. I want this to be a resource for you and inspire positive change in the world. I'm making peace signs (laughs) as I'm saying this. I talk with my hands so, so much. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that Like when I post pictures from events. I'm always talking with my hands. That's bad. I need to work on it. Second question related to the podcast is, what's the hardest part? So, hardest part of starting the podcast was literally just getting started, researching podcast mics, podcast hosting platforms, um, getting over my own fear, feeling so uncomfortable talking into a mic. I still am not great at interviewing I have a lot of room for improvement that I have improved drastically over the last 12 months but there's still plenty of room for improvement um and that you know that fear of putting myself out there really held me back for about two months of you know I had the equipment I was ready to go I had a couple episodes recorded but I was listening to them playing them back and I was like oh my god, I sound so fucking stupid, like, oh my god, what am I doing, this is horrible, like, people are gonna think I'm silly, or they're gonna hate the sound of my voice, or, I, I don't even know, I just had so many insecurities about it, and so that held me back until I was finally like, you know what, fuck it, I wanna do this, I'm doing this, I posted four episodes at once, and I was like, cool, that was the start of it, let's go, and now here we are an entire year later, so woohoo! Uh, next category of questions that came in was related to van life. If you don't already know, if, if, if you've been listening for a while, you ought to know by now. But I travel most of the time in a van all over the country, and so a lot of questions came in about van life. Um, I was planning on answering them because I was definitely where most of the questions came from but then I just recorded an episode um when was it two weeks ago with Naomi of she's on Instagram as at eerie to aurora and we cover it's like an hour and 15 minutes we cover everything related to van life so for all those questions I'm going to refer you to just wait about a month until that episode comes out um I think that'll be a really great resource for those of you who are interested in in learning more about or possibly even doing it someday yourself, living in a van. She and I are living incredibly similar lifestyles, like way different from most people, i.e. we live in a van and we both try to, you know, be um, or eat primarily plant-based. We're both trying to minimize our trash, being as conscious and, and minimizing our carbon emissions as much as possible. Um, But we also are doing it in two totally unique ways. So I travel alone by myself. Um, She travels with her husband. She does it full-time. I do it part-time. I'm usually in urban city areas. She's normally boondocking way out in the middle of nowhere. She has a really old van that breaks down all the time. I have a new van that thankfully has not yet broken down, knock on wood for that one, um, so yeah, check out that episode, like I said, about a month from now that that'll come out, and hopefully that'll answer all your questions, if you still have other questions about van life, there's a lot of amazing resources, um, again, Naomi herself, uh, her Instagram page, she talks a lot about the reality of van life, I do a little bit on mine, um, literally just look up, Van life on Google or Instagram, and you'll find a lot of people doing it in a lot of different ways. You know, people who have a newborn baby, people who have three dogs, people who have four teenagers—like every possible lifestyle possible. There is somebody out there doing it in a van, uh, which is really cool. I love how diverse the van life community. And when I say van life, I do. I guess I am also including RVers. It's kind of the same, but it's also kind of totally different. Um, Nomadic, vehicular people. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. Van lifers and RVers. There's a lot of people that are doing it. It's becoming more and more common. So there's a lot of people to find um, to see how you could do it, basically. Okay, so next category is about my business, Bestowed Essentials. One of the questions that I got was, how do we make our products in-house? And I'm not quite sure what the, like, specific, like, intent behind this question was. Like, literally, it depends on the product. So, my operations manager, Cheska, in Rapid City, South Dakota, she's the one who makes our branded Bestowed Essentials products in-house right there in Rapid City. So we've got our retail shop in the front and our production space in the back. Um, Depends on the product. So powder-based stuff, you know, she's just mixing ingredients together and packaging them. And there's liquids and those, you know, filling those and bottling those. Soaps um, are a huge, huge part of our product line because we sell all different types of soap. So we have, you know, your standard body bar soap. It's good for like, most of them are good for your face. They're all good for your hands and body. Um, then we have solid shampoo bars for your hair. Obviously we have the solid dish soap that is by and by far our best selling product. Um, and that's for hand washing dishes. um, you know, plastic-free. You don't have to buy liquid dish soap in a plastic bottle. You buy the solid soap, you rub your sponge or scrubber on the top of it to create a foam and then wash your dishes like normal. And then, the other one? oh, laundry stain sticks are the other type of soap um, that we make. And so that, for all of our soap products, we do hot process soap making. Um, I find it just a lot easier and more convenient than cold processing, um, because the product is ready to go a lot sooner. We have really, really high turnover rates, especially as our wholesale has been growing tremendously, um, this year. So we are making, I don't know how much soap we're making. Probably God, I don't even know. I would have to ask Cheska what an estimate is these days at least 50 pounds of soap a week. At least. It honestly, it might be closer to 100 pounds. Now that I'm not the one making everything myself anymore, Cheska handles it all. Um, that's been a huge weight and relief off my shoulders, so I'm not as involved in that day-to-day aspect. She handles all of it. Um, we just, actually we haven't yet. She hasn't texted me back about accepting, but I hopefully, fingers crossed, am about to finally hire Cheska an assistant, a production assistant, to help make products. So we had Courtney, if she's listening to this, Courtney, I love you and we miss you so much, please come back. Um, We had Courtney as our shipping assistant uh, because that was something Cheska was also, Cheska was running everything, everything, all the operations. That's why her title is operations manager. She handled everything in Rapid City, um, included running the retail store, shipping out online orders, handling wholesale, making all the products. Uh, she was busy, she was way too busy. And so we brought in Courtney and Courtney was our shipping assistant. Um, and that freed up, freed up about three to four hours a day um, of Cheska not having to, to put stuff in boxes and, and ship it out so she could focus more on production. Um, but Courtney just got an amazing job as an associate director at a nonprofit that helps American Indian food producers. So she has left to go start that job, which we're really excited for her and wish her the best of luck, but of course we're really sad to see her go. Um, But now, hopefully, this person that I just offered the job to accepts it here soon, and then she will be coming in and joining our team as both shipping and production, so um, that'll, that'll be really helpful. And... Long-term goals with that are to definitely have an entire separate warehouse in South Dakota just for production and to have, like, a full, like, production team of however many people we end up needing. Um, but for right now, yeah, the retail and production in Rapid City are joined together and, and in the same location. Um, I th- I hope that answers how we make products in-house. I'm not really sure... If you're the person who asked it and that doesn't answer it, feel free to follow up with me on Instagram and be like, no, I meant this specifically, and and then I can just answer it directly. Um, We don't make everything in-house, though. If you've ever been to our website, bestowedessentials.com, we make about half of what we offer on our website, and in our retail store, we make about half of it ourselves. The other stuff is um, products that we bring in from other small businesses. And when we're deciding what to purchase and and to sell, um, ourselves, you know, sell on our online and our retail store. We're looking at so many factors. I mean, we're a 100% vegan and cruelty-free company. So first and foremost, that's like the biggest thing to start off with has to be vegan and cruelty-free has to be all natural. We have an entire list of ingredients that we absolutely will not, um, stock basically. And then we're looking for where it's made, how it's made, who's making it. About 80% of the products in our store overall, um, including our own, are made by female-owned small businesses. So that is something that I would love to get to 100% someday, to only offer female-made. But as of right now, that's just and female or non-binary I should say um as of right now it's just not possible with like being so specific about vegan cruelty free all natural plastic free you know low waste it's not always possible to like hit every single box and so there's the that I would like so there's the boxes that it has to hit and then there's the you know should we get this it's made here in america but comes in plastic or should we get this it's plastic free but made in china and it's just like that's one of the hardest parts honestly of, of running a zero waste business in particular or i guess just like an ethical business is that there's no such thing as perfect and so you do have to compromise and yeah just trying to figure out where to make those compromises i guess so someday, you know, when the market grows and what we want is available, then it'd be great to have one hundred percent made in the USA and made by by small women owned businesses. But um, we'll see if we ever get there. Um, next question: How how do I manage everything? I put this under bestowed essentials because I was like I. I think this is the best fit for it. Because I was like, can you be be more specific? Be more, What do you mean? How do I manage everything? Um, I just do. So for me, like, failure is not an option. Um, and that certainly means that, like, sometimes there's goals that I set that I do not accomplish. And there are definitely things that, like, that I have actually failed at, um, that I get very disappointed in myself about. Um, at the same time though, I also just like try to reset my mindset of like, there are some things that have felt like failures, but then looking back, I'm like, no, that wasn't actually even a failure. That was like just my course changing, you know, to something better in the long run to, to something more impactful. So, um, more literally, how do I manage everything? My team, first of all, I could not do this all without them. They're amazing. Um, Nicole in particular, Nicole has been with me since May of 2018 now, and she's, like, I can't even, like, I can't even express. She's completely invaluable. She knows there are a lot of times where she knows what I need before I know that I need it and she gets shit done. It's just where we're on the same wavelength. She's very well adapted to me and my procrastination and my tendency to bite off more than I can chew. And my lofty goals, and you know, she just makes sure shit's get do- makes sure that shit's get done. Shits. Why am I saying shit's plural? Makes sure that shit gets done. That was really hard to say. Um, and then Cheska too. Like I said, Cheska handles everything. In Rapid City and she's amazing she's now like my best friend it's crazy how um, how that's all played out since I met her just back in February and now it's like I cannot imagine life without her so we talk almost every single day um, about work about personal stuff I right before recording this was on the phone with her as she was getting ready for a date and I was asking her questions about recording content and talking about the guy that she was going on a date on and then also chatted about work and what she got done today and what she has to do tomorrow so very intertwined love her to death and um she and I have some amazing amazing plans for bestowed essentials over the next couple years together and i'm really excited to yeah to see where that all goes um she has brought so much to the team and i want to tell you guys but i also like don't don't want to jinx things and there's just like so much going on but y'all just wait wait until next year we're working on some really cool shit um, the other thing to manage everything is an app. It's called Todoist. T-O-D-O-I-S-T. I cannot live without this app. This app is incredible. That is how I organize and schedule my entire life. I used to use a physical planner because I do love to write stuff down. It helps me to like remember things a lot better if I, like, am actually physically writing it by hand versus typing it. Um, But I did finally get with the digital age and switch over to a completely online calendar because, primarily because, I guess two reasons. Because a paper calendar doesn't send you a notification reminder, an app does, That's really important. I'd have to, you know, actually open up the paper thing and see, you know, flip through pages and what's next. And it's easier to forget something. Whereas that, like, here's everything that's laid out over the next however many days you want to see ahead. And then the other thing is being able to share it with the team. So the entire team is on that app. We can assign each other tasks. We can comment on tasks, set deadline dates, do subtasks just see each other's progress that is so important um especially because we run so many different products we have our uh, projects not products we have our online store we have our retail store we do wholesale so we make products and sell them to other stores who then sell them in their stores um we have this hippie haven podcast we have other stuff that's coming soon Um, And then I use it to map out my travel itinerary and um, remind myself of birthdays and phone calls and meetings and podcast interviews and follow up on emails, Um, you know, schedule my um, go to a laundromat and do laundry day. Like my entire personal and professional life is completely scheduled out in there. I have um, a private project just for future accomplishments and that's all the way out to I think it's like 2030 of things that I want to get done um, so I can kind of see my 10-year plan like just mapped out and I can easily like rearrange things add things in as life happens um, we have our login information and I can set who can see what you know who actually needs access to that account that's really handy so, yeah, Todoist will change your life 100%. Next question. My favorite products, and then I also got a question that was my skincare routine, which they're basically the same. So, um, honestly, my skincare routine as of late has been pretty shitty. <laughs> um, so, Dead Sea Mud and Tea Tree Soap is my absolute go-to and has been my go-to since I made it and I made it for myself and my skin basically because I have acne prone skin and so and I I have like combination skin too where like I can definitely have oily skin um, but I also have some dry areas and if I'm like washing my face with uh, products that are too harsh they'll just like super dry out my skin really quickly so That has been my main, like, one consistent product for, when did I make it, like, almost two years ago? Um, I do use our Herbal Face Toner occasionally, not as much as I ought to, but that's really helpful, um, especially for when my skin is kind of starting to get greasy and I need to help, like, minimize some of that. It helps a little bit with breakouts, but when I feel a breakout coming on, my go-to is the Turmeric Acne Treatment Balm. That's a lifesaver. Put that on for like 10 to 15 minutes at least. Sometimes I'll like put it on and leave it on for like four hours as I'm doing things and then wash it off. Um, So that I use that pretty much when I feel a breakout coming on and I also use it the night before any big events or, like, public speaking or engagements that I'm doing, um, even if my skin seems clear, you never know, like, you could wake up in the morning and, like, goodness knows what happened overnight, so that's always my playing it safe thing the day before, or the night before. Um, that's basically my skincare routine. I exfoliate with one of our loofah sponges in the shower, and I don't really wash my hair very much anymore. I don't need to. I pretty much just need to like brush it, like get it wet and brush it every like two to three days to keep the curls nice. Um, And then when I do need to shampoo it, uh, sometimes I'll use baking soda, like a baking soda paste with water. Um, But really my go-to is like once, maybe twice a month, I'll just rinse my hair with diluted apple cider vinegar. And that gives like a really nice shine to my hair, um, really helps reduce frizz. My curls are really bouncy and pretty. And but it's taken a long time to get there. If, as you know, if you've ever tried like the no poo method or water only washing, it was like two full months of really gross greasy hair when I very first started when I stopped using shampoo Um, definitely was using a lot of dry shampoo back in that time frame that was last summer summer 2018 and then as I travel like I you know I'm getting my hair wet and rinsing it out with different types of water and so sometimes when I'm in areas with really hard water like really high mineral content um, that leaves, like, a, a gunky residue in my hair. Um, and so that's when I definitely need to do, like, a baking soda paste just to, like, get that, that gunk out. Um, but then when I'm in an area with just normal, regular water or soft water, my hair is totally fine. It's really just the hard water places. Um, what other products do I use? I'm trying to think. I have... Uh, What is it from? Clean Faced Cosmetic Mascara. I'm not a fan of it, honestly, but since I have it, I'm going to use it all. Uh, It's not waterproof in the least. It smears way too easily, and it's also just, like, not... Doesn't apply to the lashes well. Like, it clumps up really easily. And then the smearing is just really annoying. I feel like when I do put it on, I have to, like, constantly be checking myself and like my phone camera to like see if I have giant raccoon eyes because I swear it smears without me even touching my eyes so that's frustrating and then um what do I have I think that's it I should have pulled out my toiletry bag for this um I do have a plastic thing of sunscreen from three or four years ago Uh, I just I don't wear sunscreen. I really should because I'm white as fuck, but I just either don't spend enough time in the sun or when I do spend time in the sun, I just get a sunburn and then it turns into a tan and hopefully I don't get skin cancer and die. I hope. Um, I'm not a good person. Don't, don't do what I do wear sunscreen it's good for you don't listen to me yeah don't listen to me wear your sunscreen I'm just super minimalist and way too lazy to really care about putting stuff on oh that does remind me I have been using the body better from twinkle apothecary though um but that's really just like usually in the winter or, like, sometimes in the summer if my skin is starting to get dry. The reason I've been using it lately is because I've been getting sunburned a couple times, like, every couple weeks this summer, and so my skin's really dry and starts to flake, and so I've been using my, my winter body, bo- body butter from Twinkle Apothecary for that dry skin. But, yeah, that's my skincare routine. It's nothing fancy at all. Um, do what works for you. This is just what works for my lazy ass. Uh, how to support without spending money. <laughs> so, free ways to support me in the work that I do. Share this podcast and or bestowed essentials on social media. That's a huge one. Word of mouth referrals are so incredibly helpful. Leave a review for the podcast. Uh, preferably iTunes, Apple iTunes. If you don't have an Apple device, you aren't using iTunes, you can leave it on whatever podcasting app you are listening to this, or you can leave it um, just on our website, or again, just write a really awesome review on social media and share it, and then your friends will see it, and hopefully watch, or not watch, listen, or check out our website and buy something. So, yeah. Reviews and referrals, and then um, keep listening, for sure. That's Easy enough. I hope if you're already listening, to just keep listening. We've been accepting more um, ads, more sponsorships. Um, it's only ever going to be one per episode, but um, it, you know, it's a huge relief after a year to finally not be um, paying for the podcast out of pocket, because every single episode, every week, it usually costs about fifty dollars an episode to produce the entire thing, just the, um, paying for the transcription for people who need or prefer audio content, um, the editing, the hosting, uh, all of it, so, yeah, it's about $50 times we've done 50 episodes, so it's it's been a big expense, um, so having ads or, or podcast sponsors, as they're called, and just breaking even basically is, is a huge weight off my shoulders. Um, so I know that some people don't like listening to ads or some people will just like straight up boycott podcasts or whatever content, if there are ads in them. And I mean, you do you boo, but it's very helpful if you don't boycott us just because we put a 30 second ad in a 30 or 40 or 60 minute episode. Um, it really is like, it's, it's, 30 seconds in the entire episode. So, yeah, that's how to support us. Um, And then, of course, if you do need zero-waste products, check out our website. Consider shopping from us. Uh, What does does zero-waste actually look like in a zero-waste business? I love this question. Zero-waste doesn't fucking exist. There's no such thing as zero-waste. It is impossible possible, even for a zero waste business or a zero waste store. I hope you can hear my air quotations. I'm putting quotations around that. Um, so we still consume plastic, like plastic still comes to us. We have worked so hard at building and maintaining our vendor relationships and reducing the amount of plastic packaging and as much as possible Like I kind of mentioned earlier when I said, like, one of, if not the hardest things about running a zero-waste business is sometimes you cannot find something that checks every single box. And so, I'm trying to think what what does come in plastic. Oh, so we buy a lot of our ingredients right now in large 50-pound quantities. And so, for... Um, our liquid oils, for example, those are coming in like fifty-pound um, plastic drum containers. If you know what I'm talking, like the the buckets, um, that is a huge source of plastic right there. With those, we have a few times when when they really start to pile up. We've just posted them for free, and because in Rapid City, it's like it's cattle country. Um people are totally they they immediately jump on coming and picking them up for free and, and using them um on their ranch to feed cattle or collect water or whatever it is that they're doing with them. Right now we are piling them up in anticipation of our big move to our larger location in November um because we are We also get, so we get those, and then we also get some of our dry, like, powder ingredients in 50-pound paper bags. Um, The problem is, is that those paper bags tear so easily, because it's 50 pounds of product inside paper. Even though, like, it's multi-layer paper, it still tears easy. So, a lot of the suppliers, it's in a paper bag, but then they also put it in a giant plastic bag to protect it from leaking in transit. And sometimes it's just unavoidable. And, you know, it is it is kind of a necessity. It would be great, honestly, in that case, if they just put it in plastic alone instead of paper inside plastic because then it's just extra resources. But I do get why some things do need to come in plastic because it's pretty much as It's very likely to tear in transit. And so you can either... Have several pounds of product leak out from the box or you can prevent that and it's like again there's no perfect solution and so you have to come to compromises um anyway getting back to what I was talking about saving the plastic buckets um those things that do come and whether they're coming in paper paper and plastic or just plastic bags um if, you know, they reach us successfully in transit without leaking, but then we're moving them around the shop and we're lifting them up and it's it's really hard to deal with these, like, lumpy sacks of 50-pound stuff. And so we'd like to be able to pour the dry ingredients into these cleaned and sanitized buckets and store them in that. And it's also way more sanitary, too, because then you can, like, completely close them up and like you know that they're secure and like there's no chance of like bugs or something getting into it versus like a paper bag where you kind of have to like roll it up and like clip it or something um but it's not it's not 100 percent secure so oh and then the other thing is we would also like to be able to do some um DIY uh, compost bin workshops and so we'll use those buckets for people to be able to take home and turn into compost bins. So that's, um, you know, plastic is inevitable. And I think that then it's just a responsibility of the zero-waste business to get creative in how to reuse it or repurpose it. And doing the best you can, as often as you can. Um, Still, you know, by buying things in 50-pound containers it is using way less packaging or, you know, plastic packaging in particular than if we were buying in a lot, you know, smaller containers, one pound or one gallon at a time. And as our production increases, as demand increases, and as we have more space, finally, because we're so cramped in where we are right now, um, we'll be able to order even bigger, so, you know, it's, we're not quite there yet, but down the line, I would definitely like to start ordering 400-pound containers of things, um, where, like, it comes on a pallet off of a semi-truck, and we need a loading dock for that, which we don't have, so, yeah, again, literally, everything just always goes back to just trying to do the best that you can with what's available um last question that's i guess it's kind of it's it's like environmental so i put it under absurd essentials what is that noise i think someone's setting off fireworks (laughs) how to stay motivated in a place that's not eco-friendly this was actually a question from cheska um She, when we were on the phone right before I started recording this, and I was asking her, like, is there anything else you think I should cover? She said that I should cover this. So, because Rapid City is not super sustainable focused at all. um, And how do you stay motivated in a place that's not (laughs) eco-friendly? I mean, me, I left. I was like okay, I'm going to go spend the summer in California where there's, like, zero-waste store in every major city. And (laughs) it's been fun. I've been doing workshops and events and connecting with so many like-minded people. And it did get hard um, the six months in the winter that I just spent in South Dakota. It did get hard because I felt, you know, there's so few people like me here. um, And the cool thing was, like, running an eco-friendly business was that I got to meet like most, if not all of the people in the town who were interested in the same things because they came into our shop. Um, but I recognize that like that doesn't work for most people. It's not an option. So, you know, see if there is a community, um, maybe it's not like zero waste focused, but if, is there a, a nonprofit or any sort of organization that is focused on anything to do with the climate or um, pollution or reforestation or um, gardening even, you know? Look even further outside the scope. What, what is available? Is there, you know, if, if you're a mom, is there like a green mom group? If there's not a group related to, like, anything that you're interested in, start it yourself. I've done an episode on how to start a local zero-waste group with uh, Stephanie Wall of uh, Zero Waste Seattle. So, if you haven't listened to that, go back and check that out. Uh, Zero Waste Seattle is a huge, huge group, and they do, like, campaigning and activism and events um, definitely one of the most advanced zero waste groups in the country. So her background is very experienced in this thing. Um, her advice is really quality. Listen to that if you're interested. Um, oh, also you know, there isn't a group, or you don't, you weren't able to start a group. What about just like. Frequenting places where similar-minded people might be. Like, um, like uh, is there a health food store, a co-op, or um, a cafe? You know, just put yourself out there and, and see what's, what's available. And then also, like, of course, get online. Um, see, you know, look up the hashtag zero waste your town or google it um you never know there might be one other person using that hashtag and you can dm them and start a friendship and start a group together like who knows where it could go just see what's out there and don't give up just because you know let's say that you live in a super rural ass town and there's 200 people in that town, and there is not a single other person who is passionate about sustainability like you are. That sucks. Um, I'm sorry. Build an online community, or, or get involved in an online community. There's thousands, tens of thousands of people online all over the world, in your state at least, or in your Region? What is Canada called? Pro- provinces? Yeah. Whatever your section of land near you is called. There are other people somewhere that are interested in what you're interested in. So get online and find friends and magical things can happen. JK. Don't give up. Be the change that you want to see in the world. That is the motto that I live with when things get frustrating or it all seems super doom and gloom and like, Oh my God, you know, no matter what I do, like it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't matter. The world is still going to end. It's like, well, be the change that you want to see. All you have control over is your own life. So live the best life you can. And then a few miscellaneous questions that I got. Um, What do you do when you go to parties and there's styrofoam being used? Well, I don't go to parties. (laughs) I'm not the best person to answer this. Um, I would say bring your own reusables if you can. If you um, are able to plan and prepare in advance. You know, keep a few reusable things in your car. Um, Refuse the styrofoam if possible or ask them you know if they just have a regular plate or a regular cup in the cupboard that you can use um and use the opportunity to make a conversation out of it to talk to people to be like yeah did you know like 18 million new pieces of plastic go into the ocean every day it's mind-boggling so like It's not much, but I'm, you know, I just want to do my part to to save the turtles or whatever angle you want to take, you know, or if you want to talk about like, yeah, you know, the great thing about reusables is that you just like buy them once and that's it. You don't have to like keep paying for, you know, a disposable item over and over and over, especially at parties, you know, makes the cleanup way easier. You don't have to go around with like bags of trash afterwards. So you can go, like, the laziness slash convenience route or the saving money route or the poor animals route. Like, whatever you think best fits your audience, I would say, to just try to take it and run with it and do the best you can. What am I currently reading? Um, I am not currently at this exact moment reading anything i recently um about two weeks ago finished up you are a badass by jen sincero holy shit that book was amazing i fucking loved it there were were so many things that i just like starred and underlined and highlighted and um i really i wish that i had had the chance to read it a second time cover to cover immediately afterwards but I already knew like halfway through it that it was such an amazing book that I promised my friend Alex that I would send it to her right away Um, and Alex is she also she works for me Um, and so as soon as Alex is done reading it then it's going to go to Courtney who just left our team like I mentioned earlier and then Cheska and then Nicole and then it'll finally come back to me and I'll be able to reread it a second time it'll probably make its way back to me by like the end of 2019 which is probably better though because it's gonna the book is gonna show up in my mailbox when I'm like have totally forgotten about it and it's just gonna be like a wonderful magical delight all over again so I really 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 recommend that book like for real for real really recommend that book. Um, you know, just your thoughts create your reality. Your actions create your reality. You create your reality. Like, your reality is different from your partner's reality or your parents or your kids or your neighbor or your co-worker or your boss. Like, we're all living in separate realities, and oh, I can't even begin to do justice to the way she explains it like yeah I can't go read the book um I'm really into manifesting I have had tremendous growth and success and manifesting has been a tool that has benefited me a lot in my spiritual and professional journey in the last year um Also, I've done an episode on this. I've done an episode on everything, you guys. Go back and listen. Um, How to Manifest Your Best Life with Katie Jones. That was one of, oh my gosh, I think that was like the eighth or ninth episode I did. That was a long time ago. Um, I took Katie's course, How to Manifest Your Best Life, back in July of last year. And I was on her podcast, the Namaste podcast, um, and I'm actually in three days going to be recording another episode for her podcast and do, like, a, you know, one-year follow-up, like, what have I accomplished since then? Because I've accomplished so much stuff, and so I'm really excited to, like, go on her podcast again and talk about because when I was first on there, it was, like, beginner manifester barely knew what it was definitely didn't know how to use that tool whatsoever um so I'm really excited to be able to go on and and share my successes and my failures in this last year um highly recommend her podcast again that's the namaste podcast and then again she's been on my podcast talking about what is manifestation how do you use it how does it work um so start there if, if you're new to it there's also like Um, Manifestation Babe, um, at Manifestation Babe on Instagram, There's oh, who else, I'm trying to think, Black Girls in Um, that's our Instagram handle, um, I believe they have a podcast as well, um, you can just, you know, I assume you like podcasts since you're listening to this one, you can just look up Manifesting on your podcasting app. Or look at the manifesting, all the different manifesting hashtags on Instagram. You'll, you'll definitely, you're bound to find somebody that you connect with. Um, where was I going with this? Currently reading. Yeah. So, you are a badass. All about manifesting. I will post on Instagram once my episode uh, with Katie on Namaste podcast is out. If you want to go and give that a listen. And learn more about my manifestation journey. Um, I am about to start reading. I just got two books in the mail today. My phone's sitting on top of them. How to Save the World for Free by Natalie Fee. It's a really well-designed book, too. It's so cute. Like, you're not supposed to judge books by the cover, but this is a really well-designed book cover. Um, and then I'm also on my list next is Grilled. Turning Adversaries into Allies to Change the Chicken Industry by... I never know how to pronounce it when people spell it like this. Is it Leah? Leah, Lee? I'm not sure. Leah uh, Garcis, I think. I really don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm so sorry. Um, both of these books were free... Um, what's the word, pre-publication sent to me um, by their agents, because both of the authors want to be on the podcast. So I'm going to read their book, see what I think, and then most likely have them on the podcast in the future and discuss the books in more length, and learn how to pronounce that woman's name properly. I'm really sorry. So looking forward to reading those, especially, seriously, I'm, I'm totally judging this book by the cover, but, um, how to save the world for free, that one just looks right off the bat. Like it'll be really interesting. All right. Last question. How to recycle clothes. I should have researched this one ahead of time. I'm sorry. I totally didn't. Um, totally depends on the state of your clothes. So thoughts that are immediately coming to mind would be doing a clothing swap with your friends and or in your community um, to repurpose those if they're still in really good condition. Swap them around, you get some fresh things in your wardrobe, somebody else gets fresh items in their wardrobe. Other option would be, like, a consignment shop. Sell them, get a little bit of money for them. That's cool. Then, and I'm putting these ones first because I feel like these are the most eco-friendly options. Then, third on my list, take note of that third, would be donating to thrift stores. Um, The reason why that's third on the list is because thrift stores um, only are able to sell about one quarter, about 25% of the clothing that's donated to them. The other 75%, they either throw away or they sell it um, to developing countries or to, to either be worn as clothes or to be turned into rags or... Um, repurpose for, like, industrial uses, like, um, recycled cotton insulation is an option, that kind of thing. Uh, there's also, in a lot of small and large towns and cities, there's clothing, recycle, uh, like, giant drop-off bins in parking lots. I don't know the name of the companies behind those. Some of them are Goodwill. I mean, obviously, Goodwill's huge. It's all over the country. But there's a lot of local organizations. Churches will oftentimes take clothing um, to be able to give out homeless shelters. Oh, if you have professional clothing, if you have, like, business stuff and suits and that sort of thing, see if there's a local organization to you um, that helps uh, impoverished people, homeless people, whatever their situation is. Um with interview clothing and interview skills. And they would probably be really, really happy to take those off your hands um, to somebody who can use them to, um, you know, make that an improvement and take that step up in their life. Trying to think how else to recycle clothes. Oh, and then instead of passing the responsibility off to, to anybody else, you know, with your clothes, can you, can you mend them? I forget the exact hashtag. I need Ellen what is the hashtag? Go to, um, now I can't even remember her Instagram handle. It's Common Earth. I don't remember if there's punctuation in it though, but go to Common Earth on Instagram and she has a story highlight about visible mending and the hashtag is going to be in there and the hashtag might just be as simple as hashtag visible mending. That probably is it. Um, but that's a really cool trend. Try to repent, repair your clothing if that's what the problem is. Or, you know, if you have sewing skills or you have a friend who does, like, make new pieces out of your old pieces you know cut stuff up and and sew yourself something new um you can take cotton t-shirts and stuff you could take cotton t-shirts and turn them into tote bags you can make your own menstrual pads kitchen rags facial rounds there's tons of options you could um make a quilt or cut old fabrics up into scraps and then knit with them like possibilities are endless just whatever you know type of article of clothing you have material just like google it and and see what comes up and what you have the skills or can learn the skills to make out of it so yeah that's all my questions this ended up being a much longer episode than I thought 58 minutes so far well um if you ever have any other questions you're always, always, always more than welcome to reach out to me um, through email or through Instagram DM. Either one works pretty well. I would say don't don't really put questions or important things in comments on Instagram because there's just so many notifications that, uh, you know, there's so many likes and comments that I'm just not likely to see a comment. But if you actually DM me, um, I will... At the very least, read it, and I will certainly try my best to get back to you. Um, I can't just, due to the number of messages we get and my workload, I can't always respond to every single thing in full detail, but I do try my absolute best to at least point you in the direction of resources um, to assist you if, if I can't sit down and, and write out a few paragraphs for you. What else? Oh. If you don't know where to find me on Instagram, you can go to at bestowed essentials, B E S T O W E D E S S E N T I A L S, or that's the business one, or my personal is at a hippie in a van, A H I P P I E I N A V A N. And. Yeah, there's also bestartessentials.com and hippiehavenpodcast.com if you have questions specific to either of those two. Um, there are FAQ, about pages, blog posts. Um, I would ask that before sending me a direct message or email that you do a quick search on the applicable website and see if it's something that I've already covered or if it's in one of my Instagram story highlights do a really quick couple minute check make sure it hasn't already been discussed or answered publicly and then feel free um that's usually the thing is if it's a question that I'm getting a lot like I'll I'll answer it publicly so that I you know because I don't have the time to continue answering it over and over um yeah (laughs) happy one year on air I hope you stick around for the next year got so many amazing things planned so many incredible guests and partnerships and projects and when I look back to where I was a year ago in August of 2018 like oh my god so much has changed everything for the better everything is just wow it's so cool so to think about where I'll be where Bestowed Essentials will be, where this podcast will be in August of 2020. is really exciting. Very thrilling. I have no idea. Well, I have some idea. I'm definitely I'm planning and manifesting things, but you never know where life is going to take you and what opportunities are going to come up and what doors are going to open. And August 2020. God, please vote in the 2020 election. That's my last thing to say vote in the 2020 election vote in all your elections if you have one in your town that's coming up soon vote get your friends and family registered to vote take them to the polls if need be or help them get a, an absentee mail-in ballot whatever the situation is Ugh, every time i just think about like just the number 2020 it makes me think about the elections and how scary that is so yeah happy one year on the air and I love you all. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I will be back next week. Honestly, I can't remember off the top of my head who I'm back with next week. Who is it? Oh, um, I will be back next week with Olivia Webb of I Fix It, And we are talking about planned obsolescence and your right to repair as a consumer. So another interesting one coming for you soon. Love you.